and welcome. I'm Julian Moss-Backman, and this is Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. Thanks for tuning in today for an enlightening conversation about the world. For those of you that listened to last week's show, it was a debriefing session I had with my guest, Father John Mulder, on the public talk about nonviolence with His Holiness Dalai Lama the 14th in Chicago. I especially like how Father John Mulder linked his work as an adjunct professor in several universities in Chicago and the talk that the Dalai Lama did on nonviolence. He, John, Father John, really is getting to the root of the cause of violence, and he made a statement in there that he was talking about what he does with his students, which was one step beyond what the Dalai Lama talked about, and how he really believes that acceptance and personal pressures of student life can actually be the root cause of some of this violence that's going on in America right now. I thought that was a great observation on John's part and a really good way to uh, take what he learned and put it out in the world. You know, the whole idea of going to these kind of events like the Dalai Lama with 4,000 people in the audience is to lighten and enlighten ourselves on our own personal work and to help spread the word and, in this case, the message of nonviolence to the places that we go. So you go and listen to these enlightened masters and you're supposed to take in everything you get and then turn around and make all of that stuff gurgle around in your head for a couple days and then figure out how you can apply that same kind of thought and imageries and suggestions that he had for us all on nonviolence and make it into our own way and teach others the same kind of path. The whole exercise is done under that. It's supposed to get a fire under all the attendees to replicate what they learned and go back. So it was really cool to hear that Father John Mulder is doing his part in the universe to do exactly what he talked about, which is furthering this ideology of nonviolence. Of course, you can always go back and re-listen to that show at my website, JillianMossBackman.com, J-I-L-L-I-A-N-M-A-A-S-B-A-C-K-M-A-N.com, or you can go to Blog Talk Radio, of course, and go on there and look up Change Already, uh, Your Future, Your Choice, on my page. I really believe my favorite part of that whole takeaway that I got myself was concerning the issue of world peace. It's really hard for people to conceive and visualize peace in this whole world with the enormous gaps we have between all the countries, the religious factions we all hold, and the ideologies that we live our lives by every day. You know, really, truly, no one really wants to budge from their own personal convictions. And you have to admire people for that, right? I mean, you have to acknowledge that we all have our own personal ideologies and convictions and morals that we live by. Think about your own internal belief system. Isn't it really impossible to talk another human being into changing your belief system or your opinions on things that you really cherish in your life? So then you project that 10,000 times over the world, and it just seems like we're shooting for a goal, a pie in the sky, so to speak, a big dream, and in this particular case, a super-sized dream, 
of world peace. I appreciated the way, however, that he was breaking it down, this great big dream of world peace, into workable chunks that we can all do, aspire to, and work towards in nonviolence. I think the brain has an easier time of putting little pieces together and small little goals instead of looking at the great big goal and realizing that maybe it's going to take a longer time than we thought we were going to get there. But it was really interesting, and he said that, you know, world peace is obtainable, but we've got to do these little steps first before we get to that great big goal in the end. Look for my blog that's coming out next week and time's up, and then it will be, of course, on my own webpage for some more thoughts that I had on the takeaways that I had with that, um, with the Dalai Lama that I went to a couple weeks ago. On to the next subject, awards. I really want to believe that people write books and they set out with the idea of becoming authors to write a creative piece that people really want to read, right? Engage and lose themselves in the pages. Whether you're writing it through a written fictional novel or like my book, A Manuscript of Knowledge, I really believe and I want to believe that people write books for the underlying commitment to do their very best to help humanity in every way they feel they're called to do. So when I was in the middle of writing my manuscripts, my biggest goal, and I'm not kidding you, my biggest goal was not to make a fool out of myself and to write my manuscript and my book beyond the pews as authentically as humanly possible and to be as open as I could, so to speak, like a book. I really didn't think ahead when you're in that zone of creativity. You just kind of simply dive in with a vengeance. And for me, I blocked out the entire universe. Just ask my friends. They all know. And you kind of get in this world unto yourself without limitations. And it's really true. When you sit down to write a book, you know, there's really not any limitations there other than your own imagination and what you feel you need to write. But now that I'm on the other side of that creative process, thank goodness, I'm seeing a whole other side of the author arena I had no idea about. Not in my wildest dreams did I even imagine that I could have had the reception that my book, Beyond the Pews, Breaking with Tradition and Letting Go of Religious Lockdown, would find out in the marketplace. So I, with that big, long-winded uh, beginning, I want to tell you that Beyond the Pews, my book, took first place this week at the spiritual category in the San Francisco Book Fair in San Francisco, California. You know, gratitude does not even begin to describe the emotions that I'm feeling about this. It goes way, way, way beyond that. And people are usually surprised by my reactions to these worldly accolades. Believe me, I appreciate the honoring more than anyone will ever know. But one of the things that my enlightened teachers taught me many years ago, and I try to stay true with it as much as possible, I really try to stay humble and keep a healthy perspective on what's called maya. And this is a Hindu and Sanskrit word that describes the physical world that we all exist within. It's taking time out of the distractions to see the maya that's going on around you 
and I include human ego in that process. So for me, I've always been taught to really stay focused on the goal and let all of the Hindu, Sanskrit, Maya go on around me and just keep true to what I need to do and stay in a healthy pocket in all of that. But I have to admit, I'm going to let go of my ego this time and really take a centered stage and just indulge myself in the appreciation of the people that helped me, Lake Street Press and Wicker Park Press and all those people that are reading it out there, the people that are buying it. And I really want to take a big thank you from the bottom of my heart that you all are receiving and finding great value in the message. It means a lot to me. And it just propels me to continue writing into the future. So enough of that. Now, the next thing I want to do is give you a hint for the topic that I want to talk about today. Listen to this and see if you can figure it out. Don't step on the crack or you'll break your mama's back. This simple childhood rhyme may have deeper meanings that you even know. Athletes do it. Famous actors do it. And plain folk like you and I do it. I'll tell you what that is after this short break on Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. back to Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. I'm your host, Jillian Moss-Backman. Well, did you be, were you able to figure out my kind of obvious but not so obvious riddle that I gave you before the break? If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about superstitions. How many of you avoid walking under a ladder for fear of seven years' bad luck? 
or think your day is ruined when you cross the paths of a black cat. We all do it, right, either out of habit or just because it's plain fun to have a little break in our day. We all follow these silly, superstitious rumors for no logical reason other than we have heard it from our friends or we've read it in some text or it's been told from one person to the next. Superstitions have become a part of our American lexicon. So when I was talking to a friend the other day, he was telling me that a black cat passed his path and he had another thing happen and another thing happened from the beginning to the end of his day. And he was like, I knew the minute I saw that black cat, my whole day was going to be that way. And I thought, how funny (laughs) that you plan your whole day around that. But, you know, he's not alone. There's a lot of people that do that. So I started thinking about where do these funny little antidotes originate from? You know, so I started doing research and I found some interesting things about it. Some say it comes from old wise tales, and then other people say it's just overly uh, active imagination. Because think about it. It's like you connect these two random events by coincidence that create some kind of strange outcome. So I thought it would be fun to investigate the lineage of superstitions today. And I have to admit, contrary to what I thought, I thought they would be all made-up stories from past generations, you know, from great storytellers that have that used to sit around campfires and they'd tell these crazy stories. But what was strange about it is I was pleasantly surprised to find out this is not the case at all. If you go back and start researching some of these odd little quirky superstitions that we all carry and do on a daily basis, they actually have a, a derivative from a religious background. There's some from the Romans, there's some from the Germans, the Druids, and there's tons from the Irish. The other day, you know, I post on my Facebook page. Please go to my Facebook page, Jillian Mossback, and if you're not on there. And I posted a quandary question about, do you guys have any superstitions that you follow? And a person stated an Irish one on there, so I think I'll read that to you and see what you think. Things come in threes. So if you have a string of three bad things, you can rest easy when the third one happens. It's the last in the series. Or if you have two really good things happen to you, you can look forward to the third coming your way. I'm sure all of us have heeded this advice. We've all heard three in a row, three at a time, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, we for some reason we know it, but we still do it and follow those strange little statements. As a performing artist, I have to admit I, too, include myself in the superstitious circle. Every week when I would go into the radio studio and get ready to do my weekly show, before I'd leave the house, I looked like a madwoman. I was gathering up all these little trinkets and stuff that represents success in my head. Now, don't tell me I have no idea where I got the idea of what I gathered together, but all the pieces that I had represented success to me. My prayer beads, a few feng shui symbols that I received from my professional colleague, Ellen Whitehurst, and then there's always an assortment of essential oils for good measure. Any ones I had around the house that I thought would help me get to a better result of what I was looking for. So I'd hide them in my purse, 
And then once I got into the studio, I'd line them up one by one <laughs> right in front of me on this mic ledge, okay? So the general manager would of the station would spontaneously pop in here and there just to see how we're doing. And every time she would come up, she would say the same thing over and over, and it would drive me crazy. She'd wrinkle up her little nose, and she'd say, what smells in here? My producer, uh, the nice guy that he would, he'd always laugh and point my way and rat me out. You know, he'd say the one with the concoctions on her throat and the beads in her hand. So she'd always roll her eyes and walk out, and she'd always call me a silly girl. <laughs> I know it was harmless fun, but isn't it funny how we intellectually know this kind of ritual that we do on a regular basis probably doesn't really help the performance in my case or anything else to create better success in the future for what you're supposed to do, but we do it anyway. And I really believe in some way it calms our mind and it gives a person a sense of being in control of situations where the unpredictable can always happen. We've always heard of athletes wearing certain shirts every game or a singer carrying something, a locket or something that they have that they started with when they first got into the business and they are 25 years out and they still do it. For some reason, our brain conjures up this idea that there's a conclusion that this unpredictable event can happen better and occur the way we want to if we carry these little trinkets around. Like the black cat really deliberately went out of their way for my friend to warn them of the danger ahead. There's really no evidence to connect the two possibilities but I think it's kind of fun to think the universe is actually that in tune with us, that they know through actions and animals and people and all different instances that they have a pulse on our needs, our wants, and our desires. Maybe that's where it all started years and years ago, that superstition and folklore carry some kind of mystic power inside them and that if we conjure up these kind of things, we can actually help create a happy ending. I suppose you could call this magic like some people do, the naysayers in the world, and that we're trying to sway luck in our future going our way. Maybe it's just a way of lightening the load we carry every day. Think about the conversations that you have on a daily basis. They're usually pretty heavy to some extent, and laughter and joy has to be created in order to get and step out of it. That might have been where superstition started long time ago with storytellers and that they were able to connect one event that had no relation to another event but it brought some kind of joy or laughter or some kind of giggles in the mix to lighten our load. I have no idea what we do, why we do. Even the American psychologist P.F. B. F. Skinner got into the actions of connecting these random events through his famous pigeon experiment. I'm sure you've all heard of this pigeon experiment on conditioned response. 
the pigeons actually taught themselves to repeat a routine over and over. And for some reason, they thought this actions would give hope to receiving food. Well, as Skinner observed and watched this process unfold, Skinner actually started doing that. So he started watching their daily routines that he did, and then he would abide and give them what they wanted, which was the food. Strangely, over time, these pigeons started creating their own condition response, kind of like a pigeon superstition, I suppose we could say. They would do the dance, they get the food. They do the dance, they get the food. And you can see in reality there was really no logical tie between either action, the dance the pigeons did, and the, and the reaction of the food they received. But their brain was able to tie those two pieces together. I think our brain has trouble sometimes leaving the future up to chance. Like the Skinner's pigeons, maybe they felt empowered with this strange little ritual they created in their cages. And in the end, it always paid off. I know it may be harmless and there are random statements that help us believe but maybe they can prepare ourselves for whatever comes our way, good or bad, if we allow that to occur. If we maybe believe a little bit in these superstitions, it doesn't hurt. We can't react differently other than with the statement that we're giving. But I do want to caution to you, like all good things, they should always be done in moderation. There's always that threshold of good intentions gone wrong, even in the superstitious world. When you start pinning your hopes and your dreams on these strange, quirky little thoughts, like your marriage, there's a bunch of marriage superstitions I had no idea about. If you're starting to pin all your hopes and aspirations and your success on these strange little quirky things that have been created, through the years, you may have a problem. Please watch for these danger signs in the superstitious world. When you're one of those people that become immobilized in fear because you haven't done these illogical tasks in certain order, for instance, if I went to the studio and left behind my essential oils and got there, and lost my cool because, oh, no, I can't do my show today because I don't have the oil, those should be, and can accept then, those should be red signs to yourself that, you know what, maybe these superstitious things in my head have been taken a little too far. And when you build your structures of your day around these kind of statements, not like my friend that I was talking about earlier. He doesn't do that all the time. That was just a one-time event. We giggled and laughed. But if you take that and blow it way out of proportion and you're building your entire structure of your life around these kind of superstitions, red flags should go up. In the psychological world, they actually label that something entirely different than superstition. And that's the cue that you may be tumbling straight into a cognitive issue that needs to be addressed by a professional. I can tell you, 
I honestly will continue to indulge in my little-tempered imagination in the world of superstition. Who doesn't want to make their future as bright as they can, even if you pin your hopes on silly little thoughts here and there? So you'll always find me with rocks in my pocket of all different kinds, smelly stuff in my purse for emergencies, and yes, I will be avoiding every crack for fear of breaking my darling mom's back. Just remember, life is about enjoying and learning from all the little nuances this world has to give, including superstition, from the logical to the absurd. Believe or disbelieve, they're worth the chuckle and a grin they always bring. You know, I really chose this subject this week to break up the intensity of the last couple weeks. My subjects and the thoughts in the world can get very heavy sometimes. So I thought talking about superstitions and little quirky nuances that we have in our lives would kind of lighten our load. I'm not real sure what I'm going to talk about next week and the topic I'm going to cover, but I can tell you this. It will come to me in the next couple days as I start working and planning the show. You can always look at my website, which is JillianMossBackman.com, J-I-L-L-I-A-N-M-A-A-S-B-A-C-K-M-A-N. You can find me on Facebook with the same name, and you can tweet me at the same location. I always post what I'm going to talk about next on those locations. The exciting thing is there's great adventures ahead for me and change already is starting to be a getting out there as another good program, which I'm very thankful about. So in the next couple of weeks, I want to talk to you about my sensational trip that I'm taking to Book Expo of America. I'll have the complete details next week that I'm actually going to do my show live at the Books Expo and interviewing a person a distributor and publisher that has been in the industry for over 31 years. And he's going to talk to me about, actually, he's been going to the event for, this will be his 31st year, and his 10 years in publishing. So come back next week. I'm going to talk about all that. And the topic, I'll leave up to the universe. But between now and then, I want you to remember, change doesn't have to be difficult but it is necessary to grow. I hope you'll join me next week, the same time, the same place. Blog Talk Radio, high news.